you are now about to witness the awesome crushing might of the Eugene S. Robinson Show again welcome my friends to a show that seemingly never ends this is version a one a eight a three or is it four let's check this is version one eight three sorry let's do it again one eight three I'm your host, Eugenius Robinson. We got a lot to talk about today. But first, let's let Bob Riley sing us in as he has every week since 2007. That's right. It's Stigmata from The Calling of a Just. The song is called Intro, All of Nothing, still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California. Where they hit your car with a hammer, shoot you to death in a nightclub, and run your mayor pro tem out of town. Listen. Listen well for the reason that of this show. Nowhere. But I could not see so clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being payback and for always nothing. Yeah, 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 my friends. Welcome to the show. And um I I listen, there there's I know I've been alluding darkly to stuff. Uh, over the past few months, oh, so the stuff I've been darkly alluding to. Eh, you know, what can I tell you? We'll talk about it in a bit. It's a tease to end all teases. First, though, commercials, and I have to say, this is a special thank you, a special thank you to Mr. R.G. Vegas, Las Vegas is R.G. Who in the in the heat of of, of an exuberant uh, um, parlay from last night's fight donated donated a lot of money to the show more than I think anybody has at one fell swoop before. I don't know that he wants his name mentioned. Leave it at RG. I gotta thank you. I don't know how he knew to find. He found me on Cash App. I can never remember what my address is on Cash App. It makes a difference. 
now that I am no longer employed by Ozzy. O-Z-Y no longer employs me. <laughs> so making the showstopper at this point and the Eugene S. Robinson substack my sole means of income and support for my infant child. PayPal, Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com is PayPal or patreon.com slash substack. Oh, sorry. Patreon.com slash stomper, the stomper or stomperville. I can never remember which. I guess maybe maybe if I was really like had my act together, I could do it. Let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. Uh, Patreon.com uh, slash Stomperville. Let's see. Let's see what comes up. Stomperville. Is it Stomperville? Oh, no. It, oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, it's a 404. So it is the Stomper. Let's, let's type that in and see what happens. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It is The Stomper, patreon.com slash The Stomper. I got my act together. I'm a pro. There's Cash App. There's Venmo. I don't know the addresses. I know you guys got to figure it out. So this is version number 183. Uh, We we have dispensed with the commercials. Um, We we haven't had a a guest since the last guest. I, I I might, depending on how things look, uh, September's take. I might have an auction where I bid off. We had uh, a sports agent extraordinaire, Salvatore Russo, raising charity for the Bear Camp a few weeks ago. I might auction off the next spot where you call me on FaceTime, hold it up to the screen, and we have we have our new guest guest artist, guest friend, guest interviewer, and that's uh, the the new way to go. That's going to be the new way to go. Um, at least until I can figure out how to do what Alexi does and get some real split screen action. That's going to be what we do. So here we are, version uh, 183. Let's start. Okay. Uh, huh. Uh, what is today? Uh, okay. Um, so let me get this straight. I, I, I've been given a lot of information based on the events of the last week in confidentiality. And that information, I, I, I need to be able to parse this in a way that I can protect my sources, uh, but at the same time, be able to talk about it in, in a co- coherent way. But let's get in. Let, 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 let's get into it. There was an article in either whatever the magazine was called. I remember it being either the Cerebrum or Cerebellum. And it, and I've talked about I've made allusions to this before um, about how there's a chemical precursor that your brain creates, not serotonin. But if you know you have your neurons and I'm not a scientist, I'm a soft science guy. But you have your neurons, and there's a series of electrical impulses that make that create thoughts as the thought jumps, as the electrical impulse jumps from one neuron to the other. There's a chemical precursor that makes that faster or slower. Maybe serotonin. Maybe it's another. I can't, I can't remember which. The point of the matter is they interviewed people in prison, and they interviewed people in prison and to discover 
um, one, how their brains worked. And, and I don't know if you've, if you've seen it. It, it. I don't know if you've ever spent any time with people, with people who are what we call frequent customers, or return visitors, people who've been in and out of prison. And it's, it's wild to be in their presence and watch them get wound up. All right. It's like um, it, if you if you have brain chemicals that work the way ideally most of our brain chemicals work, when you are having that situation, you have your brain is preventing presenting you with options to de-escalate each and every flexion point of whatever ends up being an exchange is going to get you in into prison. Right. And there's certain types of there's certain types of crimes that attract certain types of types of criminals and the certain types of crimes and criminals um, have, of course, a different, I I'm feel fairly certain that you could develop a kind of uh, physiological monograph of each of the crimes. And this is not, not Nazi physiognomy. Oh, by the shape of the head, I can tell, but I think an actual look at biological results and you could be after a certain point in time, you'd be able to tell who who committed what crime. I'm not talking about minority report where we're guessing about who might commit a crime. I'm talking about people who have already been convicted of committed crimes. You're looking at their brain chemistry and you could discover what either cerebrum or cerebellum or cerebrum magazine has identified that there's a dearth of this chemical that allows for reflection. It's just not there. And I remember this week, I was thinking about it. Uh, the first person I punched in the nose, his name was Forrest. And four, and I must have been nine or 10. You know, I got into fights before then, but, you know, kid fights were like grappling matches, right? You, know, somebody, you grab somebody, you grab you, and you essentially try to muscle them to the ground, right? This was a, this was a case, this was pure fisticuffs. Like Anthony Joshua, a fight that Steph says you're going to send me and then I will watch. And I didn't watch last night because I watched every single one of the Oofsi fights from the beginning to the bitter end. So the occasion was uh, uh, the, the bus ended up, it was showtime on the bus between me and, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, I was never sure whether he was Irish or Italian, Mr. Pete, we call him. Mr. Pete, who was like, if you could imagine a shorter, stockier Popeye, <laughs> probably the last person that would make it as a, as a bus driver today, um, the amount of effort he had to put into not cursing around kids was enough to have him constantly, continually red-faced. He was like, it was like a longshoreman who was like, screw it. I don't feel like driving these trucks no more. Yeah, I got it. I'll drive a school bus. Funny guy. So between the two of us, you know, him cracking, cracking wise in the front, me cracking wise in the back, where the bus was like, it was like, it was like, that's entertainment. <laughs> and uh, eventually you develop haters, right? Somebody once pulled me aside and said, face it, Eugene, if it was going to happen for you, it would have already happened. This was a line that I know he had, had practiced the first, from, from the very first time someone used it on him. I laughed in his face. You know why? 
Because the way fame works, the way that it quality works, that Q rating stuff works, it's not, if it was going to happen for you, it would have already happened. The people who have it, it's already happened. We're not waiting for anything to happen. Now, you might be recognized or unrecognized, but a Nick Diaz has it. Like a, a Mike Tyson once said, I could sell out, uh, I could come out on a stage at Madison Square Garden and jerk off and I'd still sell it out. And that's the God's honest truth. If you have it, they can do whatever they want to you. You get the best. If you don't have it, the best you can hope for is to fake it. So in this little world of 10-year-olds, I had it. Forrest didn't like it. Forrest kept, I had a scarf on, a red and black scarf on, a woolen scarf that I used to love. He kept yanking on my scarf. I go, cut it out, Forrest. Cut it out, Forrest. Hey, if you don't cut it out, I'm going to punch you in the face. So Forrest yanked as hard as he could. Yanking me over the back of the seat, and I hit my head on the on, in the school bus on the on the well, on the tire well. And I stood up, and I stood up. I grabbed him by his jacket, and I said, "You, you!" And in that moment, the brain chemicals were adding up the risk to reward ratio. And I kept my eyes, I, I lock eyes with Mr. Pete. And I could see we were unified in purpose. And typically, my entire life at this point, I've relied on triggers. Right? Well, who, what's that, 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 that uh, Nathan Sturm, that Martin Short character, um, that he carried from SCTV to 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 Saturday Night Live. He did something with, with one of the Kennedys. Just type it in Nathan Sturm, Martin Short. Hilarious. He's, he goes, is it me or is it him? Is it me or is it the look that I'm looking for essentially evinces, is it me or is it him? Is it me? If, if ever there's a scuffle at an Oxbow show, you'll see me, there's a very familiar two-step. You'll see me look around like, Jesus Christ, is it, am I the only one seeing this? And I'll lock eyes with Nico at a certain point, the Oxbow guitar player, lock eyes with Nico, and Nico will go, and I'll go, boom, that's a trigger I need. It's rare for me to, 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 to go without being triggered. Um, I, I did so, the last time I did, I've talked about it many a time before, was in Brussels. And I, you know, Jamie for Stewart from Juju was behind me. I look at him for the, the triggering effect, and he's he said, "Whatever, I don't, Eugene. I'm just gonna keep making the noise and the but doing the song and the but." I go, "Okay, great, perfect. You just keep doing that." So I, now I'm on my own. I'm in uncharted waters. I've digressed into Brussels. Step off the stage. Say to the guy, "Is it your?" Des-? I said, "I got a show to do." Yeah, I know. Okay, well, it would help me if you were quiet. Uh-huh. I see I'm not communicating well. Is it my? Is it your desire that I strike you? Guys, do what you got to do. And at that point, I figured he was my trigger. 
I'm looking right in his eyes. I'm asking him, do you desire I strike you? And he was like, sort of, yes. But usually there's a trigger. This case, I lock eyes with Mr. Pete. I'm going, you, you, and I got, boom, pile drive it in his nose. You hear, and there's all this blood flowing from his nose, and he starts crying, and there are tears, and there's blood, and there's mucus. And I said, I told you. I told you. So did I get in trouble? I have no memory of getting into trouble for that. Which means the story as it traveled, by the time that bus got back to the very Tony private school I went to, Mr. Pete had explained, Forrest had it coming. Switched to a few years later, Stuyvesant High School. I was uh, on a student council. I mean, this is very bourgeois. But it's telling, and it'll get to me to my point. Well, it's a digression. This is a digression. So there's a guy, John Spalter, who we were on the council together, and he would routinely do these kind of sleazy corporate things, like not tell me if there was a meeting. Pass each other three or four times in the hall, then I'd hear there was a meeting. I go, why don't you tell me, man? Just tell me there was a meeting. Oh, I, I forgot. And so one day, out in front of the school, I'm like, you know, you're a dirty piece of shit. That's what you are. You're a dirty piece of shit, you know. Uh, uh, why don't you tell me what the meeting what the meeting is, you cheese-eating fuck? And the guy's like, well, you, you can't talk to me. But John, you know, you just, you just, you, you, you're garbage. That's what you, you're garbage. And he was like, you know, uh, he goes, you know, he goes, fuck you, Eugene. And he slams in the door of the high school. And right as the door is about to, you know, off its hinges, I go, fuck your mother. And, and I'm standing out there with the football coaches. I didn't play football, but you can imagine me, the weightlifting guy. I was on the swim team. You know, you could imagine that they were all over this. Those guys were probably about 26 at this point, right? And they're all like, oh, the beat, you wait a beat, boom. Spalter comes bursting back out through the door, and he comes up to me, and he's like, and, I, and I'm looking at him smiling, and I'm taking my coat off. You know, you feeling fucking froggy? Let's jump. This is all about student council. <laughs> student council meeting. And he goes, you know, you, you, you do it. And he just walks off. The football play, the, the football coaches look at me and go, fuck that guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. We had friends in common and everything, but I just thought it was sleazy, underhanded, and totally unnecessary for student council. He, I went to Stanford. He ended up going to Harvard. I don't know what he's doing now. I found him on Facebook, but I figured I'll let sleeping dogs lay. He probably doesn't. He remembers. <laughs> it's not often people in life tell you to go fuck your mother. He probably remembers. So in any case, the long drawn out point was these chemicals, they tested for these chemicals and they don't exist. So the process, if you've ever spent time with somebody like that, to watch them wind up and you're like, it's like driving down a, a you know, a, a, a freeway or a highway with somebody and you keep pointing out exits and they keep not only going straight ahead, siempre in derito, but the, you could feel the accelerator going. And these are the cats who end up in jail and their attitude once they're in jail is like, ah, I got no explanation for how I ended up here. I, mean, I was just, you know, one thing led to another, and uh, one of Mans- one of the one of Manson's cellies, when he was in Vacaville, started writing me. Um, not brother Ice Pick, brother Greyhound, and I asked him finally, 
after many correspondences, I was going to go up to Vacaville Prison to see him, criminally insane. I was going to stop in. So I said, hey, man, what are you in for anyway? And he goes like, oh, you know what, man? I, I went to Sacramento for the Mushroom Festival. And I had to shoot my way out. Hey, man, I've been to Sacramento plenty of times. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't have to shoot my way out any of those times. Now, I didn't know whether it was a real mushroom festival or whether, like, like in Gilroy, it was a garlic festival. But then I went to the Gilroy Garlic Festival, and I completely understood how you might go to a, a, a vegetable festival and have to shoot your way out. But things wind up for these cats. So, so you know, I'm looking at it to a certain degree as a biological, as a brain deficiency. One of the most crooked guys I know is arrested by the feds. Later, he goes, man, I've, I've been taking, uh, ah, there you go, Mr. JW. I've been taking antidepressants. It's increased my risk-taking behavior. There are a lot, but all roads lead to, lead to these chemicals. All roads lead to these chemicals. I say this because in light of Johnny Boney Joni and, and Nick Diaz, we, we have a couple of things, and, uh, and uh, 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 Mr. KR, I don't know that he wants his name, reminded me of something that I said before, which was that uh, the accused rapist, Conor McGregor, is a fuckhead. If you remember, we went down, we went through dumbass, uh, uh, we, we, we did the breakdown of deficient character traits and went down uh, uh, dumbass, jerk off. You know, these are pretty mild ones, up up to and including fuckhead. And my daughter at one point asked me about, a oldest daughter asked me about a boyfriend of hers. Why is it, why don't you like him? I said, I like him. I really do like him. Not as my daughter's boyfriend. Why? She goes, that's what she wants to know. She goes, why? I go, he's a perpetual fuck up. That means... In eugenics speak, he has a biological predisposition for not turning off the fucking freeway when he should be turning off the freeway. You will, some version of that story you will hear again and again, like DC said on that press conference, he said, a mistake is something you learn from. Anything else? It's a character deficiency. I would push it. It's not a character deficiency. Character deficiency is like when people want to start talking about evil and it gets into to dangerously moral territory. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to veer the other way and go completely in the name of science and go. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. So, from the spies, Johnny Boney Joni goes to the hall of goes to the. Uh, um, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't like it because he was a he was a a perpetual fuck up. He's a perpetual fuck up. Um, I mean, every single thing that happened to him has happened to every single other person I know, but they turn off the road, you know, before they kick out a teammate's eyeball. <laughs> you know, they turn off the road before they push a buddy out of the car because they're panicked because they think he's died from opioids push him out of the car and leave him leaned up against a stop sign with his leg bent under him. And he almost loses his leg. <laughs> I don't know. I could be wrong. Marty G tells me I'm wrong a lot. 
So who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. So Johnny Boney Joni, my spies tell me, rolls into Vegas uh, for the Hall of Fame. Now, we all knew this. We talked about this a long time ago. Like when I got arrested and the judge said to me, you're on pro- for false information to a police officer telling the cop I was Abraham Lincoln. He said, you know, you're going to put this is ridiculous. We're going to put you on probation for 18 months. Oh, you just hope I don't see you again. Now, you know, it was ridiculous. And they laughed me out and essentially credit released me on my own recognizance and credited me with the horrible day I spent in jail. Day, even day and night. But I, I had to be mindful of that for 18 months. We knew with Johnny Boney Joni, given the conditions of his last arrest, it, we talked about it very specifically on this show about what's the likelihood that the term of his probation, that he will that he will outlast it. And I think we, we gave him like 0.83 chance. Start with the fact that according to my spies, he rolls into Vegas with 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 the Minimark crew. These are the same guys whose fingerprints are over the dick pills, which they weren't. Every single thing that he's been involved in that's involved the law has involved at some point or another the Minimark crew in the picture. I don't blame the Minimark crew. I don't blame them at all. As the guy gets to be more of a liability, the Minimark crew is the only one to hang out with him. And the Minimark crew hangs out with him because without him, they're just a Minimark crew. There's one at every, every, every Minimark. I know somebody who uh, had a foursome in the back of a Minimark. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise you to know that she went from the foursome in the back of the Mini Mart to living in her car and then living under a bridge. I don't like to talk about this stuff because I intend to write it all in my next novel, Love Question Mark, Love Exclamation Point. And I want you all to buy the novel instead of and enjoy it and read it instead of going like, oh, I, I know that story, the bridge story. The foursome with the Yemeni guys in the back of the Mini Mart. Ah, no, I don't want that. So he rolls into Vegas with the Mini Mart crew. So interfering with the operation of a vehicle. Some, some of those charges you never heard. But the most damning, of course, being domestic, uh, domestic, uh, domestic uh, violence. They say DV. He struck someone. We don't know about the circumstances in which he struck someone. Um, recently, based on this Petito thing, started thinking about the ramifications of, 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 of the new world we live in. Now, at a certain point, and I'll just skip to the chase on this, I'll, I'll leave all the, all the prelude up. At a certain point, and again, this is going in the novel, but you know, most people who read the novel won't have seen this show first. There's a, a, a completely, um, there was a completely naked woman in the backseat of my car. Um, she's refusing to put her clothes on and she's screaming at me. Uh, uh, the occasion was, uh, 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 you know, a, a, a sexual episode 
in a bad part of town. I stop and look up and the car is surrounded by an audience. I go, we got to go because I can't fight off 10 guys. And she's like, hug me. I go, I'll hug you when we get to another place. We got to go. And, and, uh, and, you know, you always do this huge argument ensues. I pull off. She's refusing to put the clothes on, is screaming. It was only me crashing the car, almost crashing the car, that because I started screaming so loud and long, started blacking out at the wheel, skidded over on the shoulder, and hit the fence. At that point, she sobered up. Well, (laughs) she didn't sober up. (laughs) She was still drunk, but at that point, she realized that it was uh, if we had to get picked up by the fire people that she didn't want to be completely naked, put her clothes on, drive her back to her house. As I get to her neighborhood, as I start to stop at stop signs on the way to her house, she's trying to jump out of the car. If I grab her arm, I have become a kidnapper. If I hold her, I have become a kidnapper. If I push her back in the seat, I am a kidnapper. So thinking all this thing through, I decide immediately better to get a speeding ticket than to get picked up for kidnapping. I floor it. Driving through a residential neighborhood in San Jose, I'm doing like 100, so much so that her animal brain, through all that whiskey, realizes if I jump out of this car at this speed, I will die. I get her to her house because this is now supposed to go on all night. She actually has her clothes on, but I'm not chasing her off to San Jose. Come on, babe, get back in the car. Come on, babe, get back in the Hey, are you okay, miss? Shut the fuck up. Okay. I'm not doing that. I'm not hapless. I'm not a perpetual fuck up. I drive 90 miles, get screeching tires in front of her house because I want the whole neighborhood awake. I hit the horn. She gets out. Lights are coming on. People see her there on the sidewalk in front of her house. I have dispensed with my responsibilities, then I pull off into a future without her. She called me the next day apologizing. Yeah, whatever. This is in the days when you have uh, 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 answering machines. Delete, 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 delete. So, you know, I don't know about the nature of Johnny Boney Joni's domestic uh, violence, but none of this makes a difference to me. (laughs) Yeah, man. She was a nice Jehovah's Witness girl. Come on. You can't get nicer than that. So, Johnny Boney Joni, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what he got arrested for, what he was in jail for, because I know under the purview of the law of character deficiency that he will always and and forever be a fuck up. The accused anal rapist, Conor McGregor, will forever and always be a fuckhead. Much worse. So we've established that. Let's step out. Let's, 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 let's pull a telescope out a little bit more and now look at how the UFC has dealt with it. Oh, man, that guy's got demons. You mean ministers of evil that control his actions. Is that what you mean? What about all the love that we get for for the accused anal rapist, Conor McGregor? What about all that? 
well, you know, this DV is very serious. Really? Uh, I call to the stand a Greg Hardy, a Anthony Rumble Johnson. Call, let's call them to the stand. Oh, well, that's different. That's neither here nor there. I'm not going to stand on that. I'm not going to stand on that. Forget it. I'm just, these are, these are breadcrumbs, you know, Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs. I'm not going to stand on that because ultimately, the point of this, ultimately, the issue, none of, Scorsese, there's no reality to any of that. The issue in this instance is ass up over the barrel or not ass up over the barrel. If you want to live outside the law, Dylan says you must be honest. The bald one played this one to perfection. He also knew about 0.83, that Johnny Boney had that much of a chance of staying out of trouble. He's going to outweigh him. You know what he was waiting for? He wasn't going to Nick Diaz him, which is how I'm tying these things together. He wasn't going to Nick Diaz him. He was just going to wait for Johnny Boney Joni to be Johnny Boney Joni, and it didn't take too long. And keep in mind something very specific. If you watch the old shows, I said, okay, if Johnny Boney Joni wants to be aided and abetted and enabled in the way that the industry has been doing for decades, move to L.A. Move to L.A. Like Peter Weller said in RoboCop, they fix it. They can fix anything. New Mexico, small pond, big fish, you're a target. Won't move there. It's bucolic. He likes the hills. He can commune with nature and feels largely he can Jerry Lee Lewis it there, commit a variety of crimes, and people will look the other way, which he's probably right. We only, the, the egregious ones we know about. But Vegas? Have you not seen Godfather Part 2? Have you not seen it? Mr. Carlone. You know, I'm not part of this hypocrisy. And then he's found in a hotel room in Vegas with a dead hooker. In Vegas. In, he probably took a piss sideways. Vegas. You don't understand the nature of the game that you're playing. Let me tell you something. You read Machiavelli. You make an enemy, that person's an enemy forever. Forever. You're going to fuck me over. You got to realize it's to the death. This ties into news that could be national import that might break or not, might not break this week, which will put all of my dark whisperings in the context. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you, Jerry Lee Lewis, because he stayed in a town where he successfully got away with murdering his wives. He owns a town. The town owns him at this point. He owns a town and the town owes him. Not owns, owes. So the Minimark crew is in the mix. I don't blame them. I don't blame the character deficiencies, which were extant and the reason why we gave him a 0.83 chance of surviving. I don't blame the bald one. Johnny Boney Joni was, was and always will be a self-correcting problem because where he is right now is all that hard talk about, 
I don't care. I'm going to sit out. I'm going to fight Francis Ngannou or nobody. It's like, go ahead, Mr. Liability. Go ahead. Oh, you're just going to be a rich guy and pop into Vegas for some of the boxing matches? Oh, really? <laughs> huh? Well, that's terrible. The police keep, keep bracing you for all oh, this and that. Got to call in favors. I'll help you out. I'll be glad to help you out. <laughs> you know, here's my final offer for you, Johnny Booney Joni. Nothing. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll give you 10 million for the fight. 10 million, that's not enough. That's a mm -hmm. okay. Tell you what, I'll give you eight million for the fight. That's not enough. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll give you five million for the fight. What are you crazy? Don't you say okay? Yeah, all right. You know what? I'll give you two million for the fight. You see where this is going? Now you can't because it already went. <laughs> it already went. It already went. It's gone. It's gone. Gone. Your ability to tough talk. And then I'm hearing now, no sooner did I have this thought, and then I'm hearing now, okay, well, I, I'll fight Cyril Ghana, or, or, you know, I'll fight Ghana, or I'll fight. You know who you're going to fight? My ass, that's who you got. You, 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 got, you got nothing. You got nothing. Nothing. Unless you think, unless you think there's some evil genius behind this. Somebody recently wrote me a letter and said, hey, I've read the lyrics to Oxbow's record, Serenade in Red. And do you, are you suggesting or do you mean to suggest, and he essentially spells out the devil in the blue dress theory, you know, going back to Eve, woman as temptress. And I go, no, 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 no. Lucky, the main character, which is always corollary for me, the lyric writer, Lucky is an unreliable narrator. You should be clear that by the end of Serenade in Red, you're not sure and nobody should be sure about the existence of, existence of an actual woman. Keep in mind the record prior to Oxbow's Serenade in Red was called Let Me Be a Woman. It's unknown whether this person really exists. So to, to, to nail it down, the concrete thing like this is, but I've never bought into the idea. Guys always talk to me. Well, she and she, you know, you know I've been surrounded by women my whole life. and Nobody's got their act together. Nobody. I know a woman who didn't have sex with a guy who went on a date and she says, I didn't have sex with him. He was so angry. And, and, she, and I go, you couldn't get home that day. She goes, yeah, I couldn't get home that day. Which means she didn't want to go on a date that involved sexual activity where she was smelly. She wanted to take a shower. The guy was had blown it up to evil genius test. Oh, that horn. Ah, craziness. Craziness. I'm not buying into this evil genius. So this guy writes me about this evil genius, the evil, this evil, and I'm like, no, no, no. And in this instance, the bald one is not even, I'm not imbuing him with secret mystical evil genius powers. He's not in John Nash's, you know, the kid Nate's heel turn of John Nash's Legion of Doom. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about the best the best thing, you know. Uh, at one point, I was reading uh, Bukharev, uh, Master of Margarita, uh, which is a, one of probably close to supplanting Catch Twenty Two as my favorite as my favorite my favorite book ever. And at one point, you know, the uh, actual Satan, I think, is talking, and it's like my job is very easy. <laughs> My job is just to support the decisions you want to make. <laughs> I don't know. 
Nick Diaz said, I'm going to hold a line. Fuck you. I'm not going to fight until I get paid what I'm worth. A girl once told me, she said, she goes, if you listen long enough and carefully enough, people will tell you everything you need to know about them. By which she was saying, listen, I will tell you. None of which was to prepare me for when her bedroom caught fire. And we were in it. Candles were lit and, uh, and the, the curtains were being blown by a nice gentle summer breeze. And they blew the curtains over the candles and the curtains got, caught fire. Now I'm sitting on the bed post-sex. I'm like, fuck it. It's not my place. Secondary thought. I wonder how long, again, this will probably appear in the novel. Don't Donna Shalala me with the novel. Go, I wonder how long she's going to let it burn. And out of curiosity, I just sit there and watch it. After about 40 seconds, with now both curtains aflame and the flames licking up the side of the house, the side of the wall, up to the ceiling, blackening the ceiling, I start to think, yeah, you know, it actually isn't my house. So if it was my house, what would I be doing? I'd be putting the fire out. And I look at her and I can see that she is nowhere near putting the fire out. She's watching it. I was like, oh, man. Okay. I got to put the fire out and I got to go. Goodbye, Jenny. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? A large part is just letting people do what they want to do. Now, Nick said very clearly, many a time, and with Brett Akamoto to DC in the cage, he goes, I don't even know how this happened. Okay? Oh, well, guess what my, guess what my spies are telling me? That that wasn't Nick lost in the, uh, the unpleasant. You go to Jake Shields' tweets, and Jake Shields has put out posts going, our team, the snakes, the snakes here, snakes, snakes. Nick was very clear. This, I don't even know why I'm fighting the guy. This is, and, you know, people are looking around. And there's one name that keeps popping up. I can't mention it. I can't mention it. Because it was shared with me in confidence. However, I will mention that it's a person, strangely enough, another grown adult, who has power of attorney over Nick Diaz. Now, I don't. I'm a journalist, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer, uh, less a writer, less a journalist than a writer. But I do know that if I'm going to go public with a, a claim like this, I should have a secondary source. Check it out. I have it. Now, this is, this is not that kind of a show, you know. I'm just telling you what I heard. We're airing rumors. I'm not passing it off as a truth. There could, this could be 100% wrong. I'll, so let's use the word allegedly. Yeah. So another grown adult is walking around with power of attorney for Nick Diaz. Now, I don't know why that would be the case. Some people are trying to get that changed. Some people are trying to get that changed. Because they don't think that deals are being... Now, we know... 
from having talked to, to Jermaine Durand to me and several other UFC fighters who have gotten candid with us in their down moments, but who are completely okay with their names being attached to it. We know that, um, yeah, we know that uh, the UFC has been described as the world's worst boyfriend or girlfriend. Panicked, calls, too too late, too early, pleading, begging, threatening, crazy deals, then somebody don't hear from them, and then gotta got bada bing, gotta gotta bang, and then uh, you 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 don't know. You it's it's just terrible. Not just from Joe Silva, but now to Sean Shelby, known as Keith, and the other guy's name who keeps coming up as as a as a dastardly do right, Dick Dastardly. I keep forgetting his name because he was a new guy to me, but recently his name has come up in a lot of these lawsuits. People complaining about this cat. Toxic dude. So, I mean, the way it works is um, um, all you need, this is why people don't like, like, oh, you, you conspiracy. You don't need many to launch a good conspiracy. You just need a few acting, uh, um, acting at cross purposes. That's all. You don't need you don't need you don't need a bunch of people acting in concert because if you have it's like the the Star Trek thing. If you have one or two people acting in accordance with wishes that are counter to the subjects, then this will change the reactions of everybody else involved. That's a national news story that I'm talking about. This is why clearest indicator of criminal wrongdoing is in my mind toxic work advice where there's no transparency where people are not free to talk, where fear is a rule of the day, back to why murder is wrong. Unstable societies are not societies, societies that are struggling to throw themselves apart because these are unstable. Um, uh, like the whole idea of God making a rock that he can't live. It's perfectly illogical. He would never even try. These are perfectly imperfect ways of running a business. And I have to say, this is not the oopsie we're talking about. Which is, this is not the oopsie. I used to have a, I used to have an accountant uh, before he left the country uh, one step ahead of the law, and I'm not even joking, who would say to me stuff like, could you say you spent, um, could you say you spent $10,000 on a wardrobe last year? And I'm a words guy. So I listen and go, well, yeah, you could say that. You you actually could say that. That could be something that you would say. Now, when I got audited <laughs> three times and had to show up at the IRS building, I wasn't so strong with the could stuff because I had to have receipts to show how I did. Not could, but did. I didn't get dinged. I got lucky with the first guy and the second guy. By that, after the first one, I was educable. Mr. Crappenzano helped me with that. I'll talk about him a little later. So, uh, if we have time. So, um, so if, 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 back to Master Margarita, Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, Oofsy, the bald one. Call up and say, hey, periodically, whatever, you know. Hey, you think he wants to fight? Yeah, well, you know what? 
Maybe coming out of this pandemic, maybe a lot of people felt a pinch. But Nick should by no way, shape, or form six weeks ago be presented with a deal, and next thing he knows, he's being he's being he's being put up for the fight. Now it may be that he owes I, look, I don't know, but just switch to anything. You're in a restaurant, and the chef comes out and stands over your table forlornly and says, Ah, you know, I don't even really want to be here. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how it. You're not eating. If you, it, you don't want that guy cooking your meal. You don't want that guy flying your plane, driving your bus, your Uber. You don't want that guy to be there. You have, you have at this point, um, yeah, you you have at this point a, somebody who is an unwilling participant in a thing in which you are a willing participant. Fuck it. You got no man. Go home. Think about if all the pornography that you liked and enjoyed was preceded by people talking in a very frank way about how they came to do pornography. Talk about a buzzkill. Well, I was raped by my father and my uncle when I was seven. I couldn't really pay attention to school after that. Nobody believed me. And this guy came up to me on Hollywood Boulevard and said they offered me $500 if I would. Making you feel sexy yet? It doesn't. It doesn't. But you know what? At this point now, Master Margarita style, who am I to stop you from doing what you want to do? Nick says, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do it. So says Easy and Taxi Driver. I don't like what I'm doing, sport. I don't, I don't want to. Oh, baby, if you were my girl, I don't want you to like it. Because you're my girl. I don't want, we don't want my girl to like it. Just get your shit nigga. I mean, what does it mean when other people on the team are like, this is not right? What does it mean when the subject at hand is saying, this is not right? Did that fight give you any pleasure? Because it didn't give me any pleasure. It didn't give Robbie Lawler any pleasure. It didn't give Nick Diaz any pleasure. So when I hear people screaming, you're, you know, that guy, that, that guy that you want, that guy that you want belongs to yesterday. Yeah, man, exactly. JB is exactly right there. No, I, I, but at this point, I don't put it on the bald one. I don't put it on the bald one at all. And if you start to think about, if you start to think about, um, okay, look at the taxi drive scenario. He shoots, he shoots the mafioso. He shoots sport and he shoots the guy running the desk to collect the money. So he could free easy, also known as Jody Foster, from a life of, sec- of prostitution. In this instance, who do you shoot? You shoot the one who takes the phone call. You shoot the one who somehow has convinced everybody else that he should get 15% for what he's done. I don't say, I don't say, 
Um, I mean, and, and uh, Nick alluded to it about business deals. All I want to do is open up my own school, dealing with snakes, things fall through. People see you coming. And the actual fact that there's anybody who should take anything away from this fight, it should be accused rapist Conor McGregor. You were a big, it's like we're all stuck on a desert island and you're a big fat fucking Euro. I don't know much about the Kinahan crime, crime family, but I, I do know that they're a commercial enterprise. They don't call them a crime family because they don't mow their lawns. That's a reach, but you know what I mean. So, in total, while um, Volkanovsky has finally made me a believer, not in the same way that Chuck Liddell has or did, where I kept sleeping, not so much sleeping, resisting Chuck Liddell. Jesus Christ, it's hot in here. I kept, I kept sleep, resisting Chuck Liddell, and finally I had to admit, what he's doing is working. I need to pay attention, and I became a big Chuck Liddell fan, up to and including actually doing an article uh, for Revolver on him and getting to fight him, which is great. I didn't take Volkanovski seriously because I don't think he beat Max Holloway. I think, I think the jungle had decided we need to build down under. This is where Mr. Crapanzano comes in. I turn in my test. I get the t- test paper back in trigonometry. I get a 93. He took 10 points off for a question. I go, Mr. Crapanzano. He goes, yeah, I got the right answer here. You didn't give me credit for it. He goes, well, I'll tell you what, playboy. He looked like Tor Johnson, Mr. Crapanzano, who I'm quite sure is dead now. Oh, he always used to call me playboy. Playboy. If you can do it on the board right now, I'm showing all the work. I'll give you the 10 points. So I was like, yeah. okay. He gave me the chalk. I go up to the board. I And he looks back, puts his glasses on, looks at the board and goes, give me the paper. <laughs> he goes, where'd you do the work? I go, I was just scribbling on a desk. I was, I was trying to get done fast. I just couldn't put the answer down. He's like, okay, well, do it. I did it on the board. He gave me the 10 points. Why? Because after that test at lunch, I asked Kenny Ryer, who had given me the answer at the end of the test. He said, Kenny, how do you do that? I was so close to being able to figure out I could. He goes, yes, and we, and we, we did it, you know? No, 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 JJB, JJB is, is, is happening, by, unless you mean JB, GBJ, <laughs> JBJ. Um, and so, I, you know, this is the same. This is, I did the, I figured it out. Volkanovsky heard the haters and he responded to them in his speech. He heard the haters and he went and figured out how to do the problem. It wasn't the second way Hollywood uh, Holloway fight, which I think he was, was a gimme as well, but yeah, no, that's, that's fine. I like invoking Mr. Crapanzano. But by the time he got to Ortega, he fought like a guy who want, he gritted it out and fought like a guy who wanted to win. And knew how to do, and you know, look, 98% of the people I know who get caught in those Ortega chokes, tap. But I found myself, uh, I found myself, I found myself as a brown belt having some sort of allegiance with him. Fuck those black belts. Ortega's a black belt. Fuck you. Until you become a black belt yourself, you're like, yeah. Tribalism, fuck yes, tribalism. 
A black belt caught me in a choke. Ah, sucker. And what the instructive thing for me, look at Volkanovsky's face. Relaxes. It's the key. He relaxed. And, and Ortega was a little too high. He had the problem with the hip placement. Ah, it was good. This is the first fight of my mind that Volk, Volkanovsky won. And now Holloway is like, I got you. I'm not going to bother fighting the guy again because it's clear that you're trying to build up down under. He's got uh, Hawaii. We had our chance with the BJ fan. It moves on. Uh, people want to rant. You know, they want to talk shit about Curtis, Curtis Blades. As far as I was concerned, that was the smartest fight. A hundred times out of a hundred, I fight the same fight. I've not even been a big booster of Curtis Blades. I picked him to win. I knew he would win, and I knew he would win how he won. And he's like, yeah, you guys boy, you want, but this is mixed martial arts, the name of the game. And I wish he had continued, which was, you know, uh, you know, fuck that guy. Fuck <laughs> that guy. I did what I had to do to win. You don't like it? Fuck you all, too. Now Curtis Blades start now he's he's tempering his 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 uh, his conversation with a stunning awareness of his place in space. None, none of this, Jalen Turner, that guy. I saw him do that. That ah, was a nice thing he pulled off. This is not, but bro, I was gonna make it. Uh, not you move in a massive way from don't care to care, and then you made decide. Yeah. Just that don't don't do that. So overall, I watched every single fight. I, I, I'm you know friend of uh, let's call a friend of friend of uh, show stomper. I just call him a friend of Eugene Robinson, a foe friend of Eugene um, Valentina Shachenko, um, who I interviewed for an article. She and I like Lauren Murphy. What Lauren Murphy's husband was doing between rounds, I have no idea. You're winning, winning. What do you think? What are you out of your minds? But you know, whatever you need to tell to your fighter to, to, to get him up for the fight, but Shachenko, and what the mistake that people make is like you never want to look beyond your opponent, but you got two eyes. And Valentina is looking at who she's fighting, but she's got one objective in mind. One and one only. Nunez. Nunez. That's it. People are like, oh, you don't want to see him fight a third time. Oh, really? Let's talk to the people. Because here, Valentina Svinchenko, as far as I can tell, after interviewing her, it's like the Apocalypse Now thing. We only spend some of our time thinking about Charlie. Charlie spends all of his time thinking about us. Nunez is thinking about a lot of things. I think Svinchenko spends all of her time thinking about Nunez. Ah, the Baldwin, what does he want? I mean, at a certain point, yeah, it's a money fight. And it, 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 it is, it works in Valentina. The longer it takes, the more it works in Valentina's favor because she's not at home picking color swatches and dandling babies on her knee. I mean, keep in mind, if she beats her a third time, there's not going to be a, a, a four, a series of four, a quad. Uh, well, she still beat you twice. Just keep fighting the person to, to, to say, okay, one is two and one, and now it's two and two, and we're going to fight the ultimate. Ten. No. Yeah, he, he says he doesn't want it, but he says a lot of things. Again, you know, part of being a perfectly well-placed evil genius is have people tell you what they want. And it's, listen, listen, I got a box out here. 
you know, my one, one of my daughters broke up with her boyfriend and was very depressed about it. And I was like, how can I help help, you know? And I see a box, a special wooden box. I sang about it in the Whipping Boy record, Muru Muru. I had opened it for like 20 years. I opened it. And so all letters and correspondence with this one woman. And of course, this is the old days where the letter you mail, you don't keep a copy of. But one of the letters I had, what am I? It's actually right here. I took it out of the box and gave it to my kid. I go, you know, I would have done anything. Done anything. This this woman actually I wrote, I mean, she was a character in a long slow screw, the one that kicked off the whole Oxbow song cycle, asked me to murder her husband, you know. I'd have done anything short of actually murdering her husband. To have this relate be like my thing. And the vantage point of 20 years is like, man, oh man, oh man. My kid has heard the horror stories about how her life has turned out, but hadn't seen the first part. I gave her the bag and take it and read it, kid. Might might help you. Last time I saw her, she was like, I've moved on from morning. I go, where are you now? She goes, anger. I was like, yeah. Dylan said it best. You got to pay to keep from going through all these things twice. Nick Diaz has just begun to pay. And all the bald one did is a seed. Oh, so you want to fight again? Okay. I say this all to say that we're never going to get what we want. <laughs> the UFSI will never give us what we want. Never. We would have been watching Johnny Boney Joni fighting Francis Ngannou last night if that's what we really wanted. If, 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 if we were going to get what we wanted. We would have gotten Couture and, and, and uh, 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 Fedor. We would have gotten that. We're, if you haven't figured out at this point that this sport is not about giving you what you want, you're deluded. No Fedor versus Brock, none of it. You don't get what you want. You don't even get what you need. You get an audience full of people who are unmasked, cheering for a Nick Diaz who died six years ago. Nick Diaz said, fuck it, I'm not going to fight again until you pay me. And then he's like, oh, cool, they're going to pay me. Six years later, <laughs> you know what? You know what? My first job out of college, they paid me $18,000 a year. If I took that job now, it might pay me $80,000 a year. I need a job. I no longer work at Ozzy. I need a job. Need a job. 80000 sounds a lot better than 18000 but <laughs> you got to know it's the same shitty deal. It's the same shitty deal. He never should have taken it. And there are murmurs behind the scenes. There'll be a drip, drop, dribble, and drab of stories coming out over the next few days, weeks. Sorry. I don't want to say he's a grown adult male. I don't want to say I feel sorry for him. I don't want to suggest that we should feel sorry for him. I don't want to suggest that at all. I, I resist the urge to feel sorry for people. People make their choices. 
But at the same time, like if we started every single point with people actually tell, describing to you how they came to that place in space, it would diminish your enjoyment just a little. Moments before I started this show, I got a text from a woman who said, I want you to write an article on revenge porn. I am a victim of it. My husband is taking videos that we made in the bloom of love and is uploading them to YouPorn, X video, all of all the porn tube sites. I've got to order a protection against him. We're really, the things are really bad. I also call this ruining it for everybody else. I, if you learn the backstory, you wouldn't enjoy it. And we're learning the backstory because if you listen long enough, people will tell you exactly who it is they are. And the oofsie from moment to moment, year to year, day to day, month to month, has been nothing but honest about who it is that they are because even when they lie, they tell the truth about who it is that they are. I'm not saying this to minimize your enjoyment. If you want to enjoy the fights, go ahead. But the one hope that I had, the one hope that I had, I mean, I based on based on his age, based on my age, I figured, you know what? I can ride this Johnny Boney Joni train into a retirement from active participation in 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 this sport. Sounds like that moment has come now. And Johnny Boney Johnny lost. <laughs> Anything that happens after here is not to his, his long-term credit or benefit. The expression is hosed. He got hosed. He got hosed by not the oopsie. Character issues, chemicals in the brain that fire the way they should, that 99 times out of 100 will have him making the same decision again and again and again. So it's not so much that he got hosed by him. That's to be expected. But most of us, when we hose ourselves, <laughs> most of us, when, um, when we hose ourselves, we don't have somebody sitting there who is will be a clear-cut beneficiary of us, you know. Hey, I'm gonna send somebody, I'm gonna send somebody a cock shot. That'd be great. That'll be that'll be what people really need in life. A picture of Eugene Robinson's penis. I'm gonna send it. And, and next thing I know on eBay is a photograph of Eugene Robinson's penis. Who do you blame for that? The person who put it up there? No. Character issue. Most of us don't have somebody who's standing there and, you know, like the Nick Cave line, here's your man, I got the proof. Or DMX, go ahead, go ahead, do it. Or like Tom Hall went to a trans transgender festival and picked up a beautiful woman 
and is having sex with her in his car and discovers that she's got a unit and calls one of his buddies because he's terribly conflicted after this moment of, of, of joy in the backseat of a car with a transgendered woman. And he says, oh, bro, I just had sex with, a, in the old days, they would call him the impolitic term, a tranny. You know, uh, don't tell anybody. And this guy on the phone says, don't worry, Tom, I won't. No sooner had he hung up the phone than he called the guy who turns to me and goes, oh, Tom Hall just had sex with a transgender, a, a, a trans woman. I don't know Tom Hall outside of that story. Who do you blame? Who do you blame? Do you blame the guy on the phone? Got to blame Tom. But most of us don't have people that are willing and able to exploit our weakness. And like the Nick Cave line says about stamping on the rampant with a clove and a hoof, the devil up there goes, here's your man, I got the proof. <laughs> DMX is like, come on, smoke it, come on, drink it, come on. You know, who's going to tell you to you, you do what you want to do? This is dirty, filthy, 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 fucking dirty. And I got to tell you, I'm going to give you a date. Before the end of this year, I'm going to give you a date marking the end of my participation and active commenting, uh, commentating on this sport. Now, whole Joe game disappearing is something completely different. We're not going to get into that this show. Anyway, show's over. Go at the top of the comments. I listed the, the address for the Substack. If you're not already subscribed to it, you should subscribe to it. It's free. They make it confusing because they want you to pay $7 a month or $70 a year, whatever it is. You can if you'd like. That would help since I'm unemployed. But largely, you can do it. You read it for free. It's there for free. The address is up top. Monday afternoon, care don't care. At, at, at noon, it happens. Hey, hey, Tommy LB, nice to see you, bro. You were top of the hour. You could also, like I said, commercial-wise, send it like Tommy LB does. Tommy Pounds sends it straight in, the, in, a, in an envelope. Monday night, Monday afternoon, care don't care. Tuesday night, if the shoes fit. This time is John Nash's week, last week. And if you're paying attention, we're doing some special secret thing. Middle evolution on the Let It Roll podcast. I did not quit Ozzy. I did not quit Ozzy. Uh, I was terminated for cause. At Ozzy. I was told in October that the, the, the parcel of articles that they were sitting on that I had that they weren't publishing, that I could publish them on my own. I could put them on my blog or do whatever. I've actually got a letter where they told me that. And so I also had my salary cut 19%. So in January, to make up for the shortfall, I decided everybody's talking about this Substack. I'll put those things up on Substack. So I start publishing on Substack whenever it was in February. I get a call in May. Pull down your Substack. Pull it down. You told me I could put it up. They said, whoever, that's wrong, and whoever told you that is wrong, and I'm telling you now, pull it down. 
down. I, I'm, I'm disinclined to do that. You don't pull it down, we're going to fire you. I said, you already told me I could do it. You're not going to publish these pieces. Why don't you just pull it down or we fire you? They fired me. I'm not going to pull it down. It's the way it goes. California's an at-will state. Fire anybody anytime for anything. Anytime for anything. Is there more to the story? Oh, yeah. We'll get into it later. We're at the end of this show. Anyway, uh, Tuesday, if the shoes fit, and I'm going to get my shit together and run the JJB right now. Uh, thanks for listening. This is round version, sorry, uh, a one, a eight, a three of the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. We'll see you next week. God willing. Until then. Look what you made me do! Don't die! Don't die, Blondie! Don't die! Ah.